It has action. It has comedy. It has depth. It has a mind-warping concept. Yes, this film has everything. Or rather, it has everything everywhere all at once. This film, written and directed by the creative duo known as The Daniels, is their directorial follow-up and is yet another critical and financial success for the independent film production juggernaut A24. With backing from the Russo brothers of Avengers fame, Everything Everywhere All at Once was able to generate a space-time-bending film that takes us to some of the strangest realities ever depicted in cinema while also managing to remain emotionally grounded. There's a little bit of something for everyone in this movie while also there being a little bit of something for no one in this movie at the same time. But as is the case with many of the Daniels films, a bizarre and complicated plot can sometimes distract viewers from the message being conveyed underneath. So today, we're going to talk about that and ask the question, everything, everywhere, all at once? What's it about? I'm your host, Ricardo Blade Diaz. I'm Seth Crow, And this is the What's It About Film Podcast, the show where two aspiring creatives aim to glean the meaning of it all through the media we consume, holding a beer up to ourselves, and seeing how it reflects in our own lives. And today, we are joined by a very special guest. Seth, would you like to introduce our guest today? Yeah, uh, our guest today is uh, my girlfriend, best friend, artist, connoisseur, and just all-around amazing person, Sarah Fiddleholtz. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. Did you say best? Did you say best friend? Uh, yes, yes, I did. Uh, I best female friend. We'll we'll give it that caveat. You said best friend. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sarah. I'm so glad to finally have you on the show. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm yes. excited. Yes, yes. Uh, so. Sarah, you picked this movie. Why did you pick this movie? I don't know. I had a feeling I would really like it. Uh, there's something about I had no, I hadn't even seen a trailer about it Whoa. before, and I was just like, "That one, let's do that one. I want to be in it." And okay. uh, it was kind of like a, a a gut feeling, and and I'm glad I picked it. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. It's so rare in these days and times to go into a movie completely blind, you know, without having seen a trailer, without having heard anything about it, to just go in and see it with, without any idea of what you're about to see. So that's pretty rare. Uh, mm-hmm. I had definitely seen the trailers, <laughs> so I wasn't as blind as you. What about you, Seth? Had you seen the trailers for it or had you been able to avoid it? I, I, had, a, I had heard about the concept and that's it. I had not watched a trailer. I think I, I might have seen like a, like a maybe an Instagram trailer, like a twenty second one. Uh, one of those yeah, I think I had two because I did see something with sausages, the sausage <laughs> hands, but like yes. that was about it. And I that that, that gives you no context. No context, so exactly. Like, I'm in. For, I'm in. Yes. Did anybody? So, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. You. I want. I want to hear what uh, you have to say. Did, did anybody else feel majorly like their childhood came to full fruition watching Short Round just kick ass with a fanny pack? Like, <laughs> it, it was... There, Data! It was like, yeah, like, it was like, suddenly, all is right with the world because this guy is back in our lives. I mean, yeah, he was my favorite. As a kid, I wanted to be Short Round, you know? Like, I wanted to be Dr. Jones, Dr. Jones! Like, I wanted to be that kid. And so, like, to see him back in action is, like, 
there is hope for humanity. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, for me, I, I saw Goonies way before I saw Indiana Jones. So for me, it's like, holy shit, that's Data. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Data kicks ass. <laughs> he always has. Yeah. There's not a there's not a movie that you've seen with this guy that you don't love him. You know? Oh my god, he was so he's my favorite character in this movie, uh, for, for sure. sure. Uh, and you know, it's what's so crazy is he has had taken a uh, like an like a twenty year hiatus from acting until like very very recently. So like it's crazy that he's back and he's you know he's picking some good stuff. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's just crazy cool. But but let's talk about first since this is one of those movies where it's in theaters right now. People can go and see it. Uh, it's brand new. It came out this year. So let's talk a little bit and just give our, our thoughts about how we felt about the movie. Did we like it? Did we not like it? Um, before we get into kind of dissecting it a little bit more. So Sarah, how did you feel about this film? What what were your feelings? What were your emotions? What Ultimately, did you come out liking it? And what were some of your favorite like part things and aspects of it? I really liked the film. Uh, there's something about it. It just feels very familiar to me. Like the sense of humor is very much my sense of humor. Like even the googly eyes are a mm -hmm. thing. Like back in the day, I would have this thing with my old roommate, which was prank week. And we would do like random pranks for one week to each other. And uh, <laughs> I googly eyed everything in the house. Like, without telling him. So he came home one day, everything of his was googly-eyed, including, like, one of his paintings, which ended up keeping the googly eyes for future because he was like, I kind of like it better. Um, it was like a ballerina. <laughs> so I think I felt very connected to the sense of humor. I really like these directors and how they think. Mm. Um, I mean, if you're listening... I would be in your movies because I really like your style. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. I've also taken a, an acting hiatus, but I wouldn't mind coming back for that. Boom. But oh, my yeah, gosh. It's... The Daniels. Get get Sarah Fiddleholtz in there. <laughs> Bring her out of retirement. <laughs> but, yeah, it's uh, – there's – I mean, obviously, it's very heartfelt and, like, the whole family aspect of it um, – is is like sweet but it's like i think it goes deeper than that it's like everything i mean everything everywhere all at once it's like yes. it there's something in it for everybody i think and like it's easy to connect to it in a way that's you can find a way to connect whether it is your sense of humor or not mm -hmm. for sure it's very approachable i think i think so too i totally agree with you i think that on its surface, like this idea of like a multiverse movie could could kind of maybe like turn some people away. Like we talk a lot about on the show about like would I recommend this to my family and stuff like that or do I think my family would take this recommendation well? And it's tough because it is pretty bizarre and it goes to pretty weird places. My family tends to buck anything that's weird. <laughs> like that's weird. I don't want to watch that. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, but there is so much to, to – appreciate and enjoy in this movie it does have really great action it does have really funny comedy it has a great sense of humor uh it, it does go to some really weird places but it does ultimately i think pull it all together in a great way 
Um, so like I've been debating on whether or not I I should tell my family to go see this movie because I'm like this is one of those ones where if I tell them to go see it and they don't like it because it's weird, uh, they they won't listen to me as far as recommendations go for like the next two years. So it's it's think, a it's a gamble. It. I think it's funny enough that it carries. Yeah. And it's got, I think, the action, like all the, like the, the like yeah. martial arts, I think, would probably get them through it, though some of the weirder moments. But who knows? Seth, what about you? How did you feel about this movie? Well, I got to say, first and foremost, in a way, we kind of made this movie, y'all. <laughs> yeah. A suggestion, anything at all. Yeah. I, they I, stole I, it I, from us. Yeah, like, so, no joke, when they played that false ending in the middle of the movie... I like, I verbally exclaimed in the middle of the theater. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I wrote this movie. I like, I, I said that out loud. Uh, yeah, I mean, so I, lo- I love this movie. Uh, it's, it's talking about exactly the things I want to talk about in art. Um, it's, it's using art in the most forward way possible to talk about what we're all going through. So like, I mean, that, that this film is like what this podcast is about, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, but I will say like, it was really cool that moment, like what they're getting at in this movie is stuff that I think we were trying to get at with a suggestion of anything at all, you know, the multiverse stuff, like trying to like deal with who, who are you really in this world and like, how do you move through it? And uh, I mean, obviously, the film that we made was not nearly uh, as thought out and what produced. <laughs> and what are uh, you talking about? But I do think I, I, it was no joke for the art we've we made in the past. It was validating that the, it was validating to see something like this and be like, no, the, the, there is a way to talk about this stuff. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard. You you got to do it the right way, but. Uh, it was it was really cool. It was really cool. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, I really enjoyed this movie as well. I, I was pretty blown away by it. it, it like you said, it, it hits like what my favorite thing about storytelling is, where it's like taking some weird, bizarre idea or concept and like finding just an interesting way of like exploring it. And But like at its core, having something that's very grounded that everybody can yeah. relate to which I think was was brilliant. And I, I love these directors. I think they're pretty phenomenal, these writer-directors. Um, I think they're pretty phenomenal. So, like, and people out there, if you're having your reservations about this movie, it is weird, but it's, it is so much fun. And even if you, like, don't buy into, like, the existential themes of it and, like, the, the like, philosophical themes of it, you'll find entertainment and you'll find at least – a grounded emotional core to it that I think everybody can relate to. Um, but let's talk about before we get into, you know, the meat of this uh, podcast, let's talk about how this film came to be. So this film was co-written and co-directed by the uh, duo, the Daniels, uh, which is Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. Uh, we uh, have done a Daniels film on this podcast before, which was Swiss army man, which is one of our, favorite ones that we've done here oh, yeah. on uh, What's It About, even though it's one of the ones that we have the least traffic on, and which we knew going in was probably going to be the case, uh, being the movie that it is. However, this movie, is, I would say, is going to be much more commercially successful than that movie was. Um, I think it's a little bit more accessible as far as like what 
how it's made, uh, basically. But mm-hmm. um, this is only their second movie. Swiss Army Man was their first movie together, and then this movie six years later is their second movie. Wow. <laughs> um, Daniel Scheinert also directed a, a, another movie by himself, but this is their their only two movies that they've done together, um, which is pretty amazing. Um, they've directed a lot of music videos and things like that, most notably the Turn Down for What music video, which I think is pretty hilarious. <laughs> um, that makes but, a lot of sense. Oh, yeah. And Daniel Kwan is actually <laughs> in that music video, which is pretty funny too. But um, So the original seed of – the concept for this movie came way back in 2010 uh, when the Daniels were introduced to this idea of modal realism, which is the idea that all possible worlds exist and are of a kind with each other, meaning that any one of those worlds could point to itself and say that this is the actual world. And I think that is definitely explored in this is you don't, once you get into this multiverse idea, you don't really know which was the first one. Right. Well, we're, we're, which is the prime world that all this, you know, because it is the show that is branching. Right. So there has to be yeah. one that it branches from originally. Um, but it's impossible to tell at, the, at a certain point, you know. So I think that's they really hit that concept and idea really, really well. Of Like there is no one true world and you don't know where you fall in all of this anyway. Um, and initially the idea and plot for this film was that it was actually going to be uh, Jackie Chan playing the lead uh, and the character was supposed to have such potent ADHD that they could actually literally see into other realities. Um, oh, wow. And, and, and through the research of, uh, of ADHD, Daniel Kwan actually learned that he had undiagnosed ADHD. He's like, oh, this is me. (laughs) But luckily, they eventually moved away from the ADHD concept and just made it kind of a normal person. And then they switched the character to being a a woman. And Michelle Yeoh got cast, uh, which is – she's phenomenal in this movie. I think she's really, really great. Um, We already talked about Wayman being being Data this last short round. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Jamie Lee Curtis is in there. Um, (laughs) She's incredible. I love her. Yeah, she's really funny. Uh, originally Aquafina was in talks to play Joy uh, before ah. Stephanie Sue uh, got the role. Um, and uh, also um, Daniel Radcliffe was asked to be in the movie, uh, who did Swiss Army Man with him. And unfortunately, due to uh, scheduling context, he couldn't do it. But he had said in an interview that he would do any Daniels movie without even reading a script. He's like, they're the only oh. directors that I would say yes to doing a movie with them without even reading the script first. I would just do it. So like Me too. Yeah. Pretty high <laughs> praise. <laughs> pretty high praise. Um and then uh lastly, this is something I thought was pretty pretty f- interesting. Uh so for the reality where Evelyn is like a, a movie star, they used actual footage of Michelle Yeoh's like red carpet appearances. Uh particularly uh her her footage from the premiere of Crazy Rich Asians. Uh so like they actually kind of folded a little bit of like actual meta reality in there, which is I kind noticed of, that. Yeah, yeah, which is kind of cool and funny. Oh, and lastly, uh Randy Newman did the voice of Rakakuni. Ah. <laughs> That was hysterical. Rakakuni. <laughs> no, you mean Ratatouille? No, 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 no. Rakakuni. 
was so silly. Did that did that kind of look like the raccoon from the Marvel stuff, uh, Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy? It looked like Rocket Raccoon? No. It kind of looked like it to me, but I've never seen the film, so maybe. You've maybe never seen Guardians of the Galaxy? No. What are you doing over there? I know. No, it's, but it's one Seth has maybe, said like we gotta watch it, but yeah, maybe, maybe it does time. seem like that. To, to it didn't seem like it to me, but that's funny. Uh, but uh, so that's kind of like how this film came to be. It started being developed over ten years ago, and throughout the years, more and more like multiverse, other reality films started coming out, other media into the Spider Verse, Rick and Morty, and throughout that time, the Daniels were kind of getting a little bit upset because they're like. All you know now everybody's doing multiverse stuff, yeah. and we we missed we missed the ball. I'm, you know we dropped the ball. I'm very very glad that it came out before Multiverse of Madness, like because it's really important that they mm-hmm. that it did. Yeah. yeah, I think so too. Uh, and also knowing that it, 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 ten you know ten years in the, in development, you know ten plus years in development before this film uh, ultimately got made and came out is a long process, a long process for sure. Um, so we're going to be heading into our main topic, but for those of you out there who have not seen everything everywhere all at once, uh, I'm positive that we're probably going to get into spoilers. So please, uh, don't spoil it for yourself. If you don't want it spoiled, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, but don't care about spoilers, uh, this is what the film is basically about. This is what the film is. An aging Chinese immigrant is swept up in an insane adventure where she alone can save the world by exploring other universes, connecting with the lives she could have led. So that's what this film is. But, Seth, would you like to ask our guest the question, the titular question? Yeah, sure. Sarah, what's it about? What's everything, everywhere, all at once (laughs) about? about? Wow. Well, I think it's about everything, everywhere, all at once. Okay, we can pack it in. (laughs) We got it. (laughs) Yeah, we got it. Okay, guys. Good job. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for (laughs) listening, folks. Uh (laughs) Um. uh, I mean, I guess the way that I can connect it to my life is, I guess it's varied. Um. Some, one of my favorite authors, it reminded me a lot of my favorite like books in a mm. weird way. And one of them is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Douglas Adams, which mm. is very, very reminiscent, like very similar sense of humor. It's not quite multiverse, but it's like multi, it's universe. And mm. it's like, it does feel infinite in its own way about like going to different places and like how you get there. And there's like this specific guide to do it. Um, so it really, it really reminded me of that. And like, I, I went and looked cause I was just thinking about it and I wanted to find some quotes. Um, <clears throat> now I don't know where they are, but I'll come to them. I'll come back to them. Yeah, cause find them, I find think them, some, them some are very them. connected. Uh, I have them written down somewhere in my notes, but um, it's, it, it has this like 
absurdist nature that I really appreciate. And that's what makes me feel like it feels like my sense of humor. I have mm-hmm. a very absurdist sense of humor. What's also funny is we took my dad to see it. Mm-hmm. My dad's 80 years old. And uh, <laughs> he, when you said the ADHD thing, making you be able to go into other universe multiverses mm-hmm. was funny. Cause my dad is very much an old ADHD person undiagnosed but he a hundred percent has that and he sometimes can go into other multiverses i feel like sometimes he is in a different place and it's it's hilarious to think about that and it's hilarious to think that jackie chan was considered because that's my dad's ultimate favorite actor of all time (laughs) ever any jackie chan movie has always been his like number one and when we came out of this movie, he said, I was like, well, so what do you think? He's like, uh, it's a little great. It's a little weird for a, for a Kung Fu movie. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> he, he went in thinking it was a Kung Fu movie. And I think uh, that's, that's how he saw it, but it's really funny. So, um, so, yeah. so your dad loves everything Jackie Chan, even like the tuxedo. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anything. The, the medallion. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm Jackie Chan a, can do no wrong. Spy this next door. This is two podcasts where we've referenced the t- tuxedo. That's why I was just going to say. We, <laughs> so so Ice Age, one of the writers of Ice Age also wrote the tuxedo. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> what a weird way to circle back. But you know what's funny, Sarah, is my dad is kind of similar. I would not say my dad has ADHD, but my dad does go into weird world sometimes my dad does this thing we kind of joke about it in our family we're like we'll be having a conversation and my dad the conversation will kind of switch topics and like go on but my dad will like a few minutes later will restart that conversation as if it was going on the entire time so like yeah it, we'll be talking about one thing we'll move on and then he'll be like you know and then like he'll just start that same conversation again as if he was having the conversation in his head the entire time and we're just like why we haven't talked we were talking about that for like the last 15 minutes where does this coming from so my dad does dip out in his mind sometimes to a whole conversation and i don't know what's going on but he That's thinks exactly he's winning he well. thinks he's winning that conversation for sure <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Oh yeah, man, and what a what a great comparison, Sarah, <laughs> to the Hitchhiker's Guide. Um, specifically, I think right away the uh, the improbability drive, right? Like the mm-hmm. idea that they the way they travel is is through this like, hey, we might end up where we want to be, we might not. It's improbable, uh, and it's impossible. No, it's it, no, it's improbable. <laughs> and they they end up in these almost for like momentarily in these different realities, kind of. Uh, like where they're different versions of themselves or they're, they're the, the person that they are is a little bit different when they arrive and they kind of like recalibrate to themselves. So there is, there is to- you're totally right. There are some similarities there and definitely. The I've never seen the sure. Shutter's Guide. you never seen it? Have you read it? No, I've never read it either. They're pretty great. You would like pretty it. Great books. Yeah. It's very funny. It's one of the books that actually made me laugh out loud, which is like, kind of rare especially like when you're just like quietly reading there's something really like just absurdist and funny about it and and this kind of channels that as well this movie 
So, oh yeah, I think I think you would dig Hitchhiker's Guide. That's something maybe you should check out if you have the chance. Uh, yeah, very very good uh, comparison, Sarah. Uh, Seth, what what about you? What do you what do you think this film is about? Um, well, <sighs> I think I think there's an argument to be made that it's impossible to know mm-hmm. um, what this movie's about um, because it's like staring into a black hole or a googly eye or a donut kind of no it's a bagel (laughs) or a bagel sorry uh but uh i think if i had to like boil it down um i think it's about connection it's about human connection and because if you think about it we really are all in our own universe uh we're all like our we're all part of the multiverse in the sense that we have this like thing that we can never know whether or not there's actually somebody else there you know you're in your own universe fighting alone and um and this movie is about the moments where you can collide with another universe and collide with another person and know that you're not alone in the universe uh so i think that's really cool um it's like how the movie's about how we can connect with other people, even though we feel like uh, it's impossible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, that's, I think it's a really good insight. Um, where are some moments in the film where you f- were feeling that the most? Like, where, like, where are some moments that you can kind of point to and, and be like, this is where I started to realize that was coming to the forefront? I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's evident from the beginning, you know, like, uh, the chains, it's like with the family, especially like, you know, her dealing with her daughter and her daughter's sexuality through her dealing with her father in like at the very beginning, you know, like this is an example of worlds not being able to connect, right? Like she knows that her father is not going to be able to handle this situation or her perception of that reality. And then, so she's acting as like this mediator between the worlds, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, that's like, that's like one place where you can see like, oh, these realities are, they're lined up, but they're not connected, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then like, I think a really good, one of my favorite moments is the, the rocks, you know, like, like the, the the rocks that are just sitting there communicating mm-hmm. with each other and and it's like <laughs> I, I it's gonna be really hard for me not to reference the film we made when, when I'm talking about this because it's like very similar. It's well, I think it, you know that, what's this podcast about? It's about relating it to our own lives, yeah. and that was a yeah. that was a whole year of our lives. All three of yeah. us, you know, helped make that movie yeah. and contributed, so it, and it was a topic of our our day-to-day lives for over a year. So I think it's okay to reference it if you want to. Yeah. So if, if, if the audience folks, there's this uh, thing on YouTube called a suggestion of anything at all. Um, it's 50 minutes long and it's dealing with some of the same themes that are in this, uh, film we're talking about, but Ricky, Sarah I thought those I, collets were at the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We don't plug, we don't plug until the end. I'm just kidding. I gave yeah, him, I gave you permission. Well, uh, so, it, I mean, if, so there's a, there's a part in the film I made where it's just text 
Um, and it's just, it's just like the main character kind of calling out into the void and seeing if anybody will answer. And that's what the rocks reminded me of. It's like when you boil it down, we're just like these thoughts in the void and we're reaching out for somebody else, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think the rocks illustrated that really well. It's like, it's like, this is a universe where these two people are just thoughts in a void, but they're still able to communicate. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, those are just some of the places like you could go into like the relationship with, um, uh, I am so bad with their actual names. Uh, uh, short round and his, <laughs> his wife. Wayman. Yeah. Wayman and, and uh, Evelyn and Evelyn Wayman. You could really go into that with Wayman and Evelyn, you know, like mm -hmm. they, they love each other so very much, but at the same time, it's like, there's, there's like a whole, they're not able to be in the same reality, you know, like they're like to the point that Wayman's almost thinking about leaving, mm -hmm. you know, um, for me, it, for me, this the idea that you you've presented is for me is more demonstrated in uh, Joy and Evelyn's relationship. So yeah. the daughter and the idea. So Joy becomes this uh, uh, completely all powerful interdimensional being named uh, Jobu Tupaki, uh, and Jobu it, like they so like. Alphaverse Wayman, the Wayman from the Alphaverse reality, thinks that Jobu's coming to like kill all the Evelyns, basically. And it turns out that that they're not. They they are reaching out to a version of their mother to and she even says it, like she's like, I've seen everything everywhere all once. I've seen and experience I'm experiencing the entire universe and space and time simultaneously all at once. So I know basically everything from, from at least from my perspective within the world, within everything. And this is the conclusion I've came to. And I just wanted to see if you feel the same way or come to a different conclusion than I do. She's reaching out to see that she's not alone. She's not alone. And and Looking for this, another being like her. Exactly. And you write that the rock scene where they're in the uh, one of the realities where life never formed. Um, and there's the moment where Evelyn is moving her rock saying, I'm going to I'm going to get you. And she's like, leave me alone. Like, no, leave me alone. Don't touch me. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to get you. And like the rock is like shifting on the ground. And it is that moment of like, I'm going to I'm going to come and connect with you. Uh, and it's like, and it's like, no, I don't want you to <laughs> leave me alone. And I think all anybody who's been through teenage years with oh, yeah. parents can can kind of relate to that a little bit. Oh, that's such a teenage thing of like, I'm gonna connect with you and love you. No, don't, <laughs> don't, don't love me. Leave me alone. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't, don't come near me. <laughs> yeah, I, I was like that with my mom. My mom uh, loves. She's a shutterbug. She, she is. She's a scrapbooker. Uh, so like, you know, when we were growing up, it was always like, let me take your picture. Let me take your picture. I'm like, mom, I don't like 
my picture being taken all the time. She's like, no, no, no. These are memories. You're going to love them when you're older. And I was like, mom, stop taking my picture. So there's like a span of time throughout my childhood where there are very – there's a, definitely a limited number of pictures of me in comparison to like my siblings because <laughs> I would just like avoid letting my mom take pictures of me for some reason. Uh, and like now looking back, like I go down to our basement and I'll like look, take out some of those old albums and like, it's like, oh man, I wish I would let my mom take more pictures of me because this is fun to like go back and look at these, you know? And so like that resistance to connecting to somebody that just wants to love you is so, it's so, I think real, especially for, for younger people. I think that is something that can be like, I'm, I'm gonna, especially parents are so corny about it. (laughs) Um, I mean, so like they, when they finally do connect, right? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the film, and the two worlds literally collide. I can mm-hmm. see that. Like, shh. I think that's such a good example. Um, like, it's like we all want this connection. We all want to be able to reach out and find somebody, but at the same time, it is painful. There's something about it that is painful, and mm-hmm. it's it. That's strange. It's interesting. It's like. It's, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a good metaphor worlds colliding. Cause it's like damage is done, but at least, you know, you're not alone. You know, at least mm-hmm. you got to experience another planet. Yeah. Um, for me th- there, the thing I found that I connected to most in this, in this movie was this like, I mean, very clearly this film is, is playing with the idea of nihilism. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. like at, nothing means any, every, nothing means anything. Like there is no, there is no greater meaning to life. It is just a whole bunch of matter and energy that is just kind of flowing around and there is no greater meaning to anything. Well, they, they even say nothing matters. We right. can do whatever we want because nothing matters. Exactly. That's the and that's the conclusion that that Joe Boo comes to mm-hmm. is is I've seen everything. I I I've experienced everything. I'm experiencing it all at, all at the same time, and I cannot see there being a meaning to any of the pain and the suffering and anything that we do here. There's no. It doesn't mean anything. I would argue that the. I mean. Yes, that's in here, but that's what this film is combating. No, no, no. no. I'm saying this film is is, it touch, is touching on nihilism, but yeah. what this film is really about is about a slight inverse of nihilism. Yes. Where, sure, nothing – there is no – nothing means anything. But that doesn't mean that that – or – there is no meaning, but that doesn't mean that some things don't mean something. No, no. I so this is my thesis. This right. is like what I. This is like. Sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry. The thesis is: it's not that nothing means anything; it's that everything means everything. So, mm. so what it means, what it means is, is the fact that there's anything proves everything. I understand what you're saying on a on a like a philosophical and existential level, but what I'm I, I have it written down a little bit more clearly as to what I, I'm meaning in that for me this film is saying hold on to what matters because nothing else does. So like for me, like that is mostly exemplified in this image of the everything bagel. So yeah. 
Joy talks about, I took all my hopes, all my dreams, all my fears, all my experiences, and I put them on a bagel. I put everything on a bagel. And it created this void, this consuming void. And I feel like going through life sometimes, I think I can feel that sometimes where I'm putting my hopes and my dreams and I'm putting them all onto myself to shoulder them all. Mm -hmm. And all it does is create this void, this vacuum that kind of consumes and destroys everything. You know, it, it, so we talk, we've talked about on this, on the show, self-sabotage and, and our fears of like success and actually like putting ourselves out there and that keeping us from like actually succeeding. Cause it's easier to just kind of sit back and like not, not put yourself out there. It's safer. Yeah. And so like this idea of the everything bagel, taking all your fears and all your experiences and, and just putting them on your back creates this all consuming thing. Well, and for me, and well, for me, also, this film oh, is about. Oh no! For me, this film is about not all. Most of that stuff doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, you can let that stuff go. You can free yourself from that stuff by choosing to hold on to what actually matters, and that is freeing in a way. So it's like the idea of nihilism being this like darkness is like okay, sure, but actually, really, in a way, it's like if you decide that. All that other stuff that is destroying you does not matter. You can choose to focus on what truly does matter to you. And that is what is worth living for. That is the meaning of of your existence is whatever you choose it to be. And you can just let everything else go. You know? I don't disagree with you. I agree with no, that. Yeah. I agree with that. Um, Sarah, you had something to say. Well, I was going to say, it's also, to me, the daughter, the whole thing is a metaphor for suicide, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, I mean, she wants to kill herself. She wants to end herself. And there are, there is a moment before the end where Evelyn starts saying, and she's talking about something else. I forget. It's been like over a week since we saw it. So I forget Mm -hmm. the specific words, but Evelyn is being more serious and it's joy finally feels like she sees me like she's seeing me. She's mm-hmm. like acknowledging my, my pain. And then Evelyn, like obviously shifts and it's like kind of funny moment, but it's like where she's like disappointed where Joey is disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's that moment of like, I think every child and every person wants to feel seen by the people around them, the people they care about the most. Mm-hmm. And I do think that in the metaphor, in the like, not the metaphor in the, in the world of suicide in the, for people who have wanted to commit suicide or who have, I think a lot of it is the the feeling of not being seen and not being heard in their world. And so that really struck me as that's the metaphor. Like, mm. Pay attention to the people around you. Like you can get, you can get like swallowed in your own routine, like with the laundry and taxes and laundry and taxes. Or whatever, I was just going to say, Sarah, that's such a good point. Like, <laughs> Evelyn's character is so consumed by everything else around her other than the people. It's it's her business. It's her hobbies. It's all the mistakes that she's made. It's all the things that she's wanted to do but couldn't do. Everything else around her is distracting her. Mm-hmm. You know, we talked a little bit like about like how this character was originally supposed to have like ADHD in a way. Evelyn's distracted from the things that truly matter. 
Um, and I can relate it, to that too. I, I have those moments where I'm like, I don't know. And there was, I think there was, I wrote it down. Um, okay. I wrote it down, write us a tiny box invented by people who are afraid, afraid to take risks is how Ooh, that's I a good line. Like, yeah. That's good. Uh, I don't think I don't think the afraid to take risks is part of the quote. I didn't specify that, but that's how I think I interpreted it mm -hmm. as if you don't take risks in your life, you're just going to be right all the time in mm -hmm. quotes. But like, are you right? You might not be like mm -hmm. you have to be able to. To go out there and put yourself out there or else you might get stuck in this laundry taxes, laundry taxes, laundry taxes mm -hmm. routine and cycle forever. Laundering taxes, yes. <laughs> yeah, laundering taxes. <laughs> you never know. But but you don't want to let the people around you get swallowed by the bagel, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, you or by everything. You want to be able to see them and and acknowledge their existence and acknowledge their reality and, I mean, make them feel seen because mm. then, yeah, like. A lot of people say like check in on your friends or like check in on your happy friends. Like there's like little mm -hmm. examples of like people who seem super happy on the surface and then they're not. I but wanna I want to point out really quick, just in passing here. Go ahead. Uh, isn't it interesting <laughs> that the inverse you're talking about being seen, and the inverse of the bagel is a googly eye. Well, yeah, I was I was gonna bring that up a little bit later. Is is not only does the googly eye represent yeah be like seeing and being seen, but Actually, like if you were to inverse the color images, you know, black, black circle, white, white in the middle, you inverse that, what do you get? White circle, black in the middle. You actually do have the exact inverse of this bagel with these googly eyes. So it is this idea of like they're, they're connected, almost like the yin and yang type of thing. They're connected yet opposite in a, in a way. And I, I really liked what you said about like putting right in a box and that holding you back. And I think that's like such – we see that with Evelyn very clearly in this movie in that she's looking back at her life or at least this version of Evelyn is looking back on her life at all the decisions that she's made and thinking that she made the wrong decisions, right? She's thinking I chose wrong when truthfully – what right and wrong – you're right. Right and wrong is, is a construct that we create and it, a lot of times it keeps us from making a decision. I know for me personally, I'm going through something right now where I have a really cool opportunity that somebody gave me um, as a writer where they, they put me in contact with some some uh, potential like literary agents and stuff like that. And I've been sitting on those names for like a month and a half to two months because I'm just paralyzed by like, you know, you get one shot at those people and, you know, you got to make sure your stuff is is – right you know you got to make sure it's you send the right script to the right person at the right time and it has to be in the 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 right developmental stage um and it's so, honestly it's it's completely paralyzed me from actually sending anything out so this is this is kind of what i mean by like we're saying the same things about mm -hmm. about this i think but like I, I, I do want to kind of angle it different. Okay. okay. So Go ahead, I, buddy. Angle it different. So. <laughs> Go ahead. Go on. Go on ahead. So <laughs> basically like you're, you're saying like there's this consuming, all consuming bagel, right? 
this weight of whether or not you're going to get these these uh, literary agents or or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you're saying that your 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 conclusion is is that because nothing matters, because nothing matters, you don't have to worry about everything because you can just focus on the stuff that matters to you, mm-hmm. right? But I don't think that's totally fair in terms of what these directors are saying and like what and there's more, I think, I think that's, I think that's belittling existence, honestly. Like, okay. so what I, what I, what I see instead is that it's all working together for you. So, so it's all like, though you might not get these literary agents, the whole universe is working in your favor. That that's can be seen as a through line in both both the Daniels movies, like that's like literally the the words to some of the songs in in uh, uh, Swiss Army Man. You know, everything is working to like I don't. It's like mm-hmm. they, they chant this thing that's like everything is working for you, and like and and that's like I think seen in this film too. They're all all of the universes are working together to kind of like come to a conclusion right and i think you can well there is a quote i I wrote and it says every rejection every disappointment has led us here to this moment so like everything every bad moment in your life has led you to where you are yeah yes and which i think kind of goes to your point seth maybe it does it does and so like what what you end up having and so i think this is where this 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 film gets to the point where we can argue it doesn't know like there is no thesis right mm-hmm. is that is that you the truth is is there's there's this bagel and then there's the googly eyes and both are happening mm-hmm. both are true and mm-hmm. even and even like uh 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 Evelyn at the end of the movie slips into nihilism for a mm-hmm. moment like she's like nothing matters and it's like it's both of these like both of these are feeding into each other Mm -hmm. and and so it's like up to you i think to choose what you believe and it's like they are fluid and they bleed into each other but it's like but but the fact that there is anything proves that everything is possible so Mm -hmm. so the nihilism in my opinion like is less likely right like the nihilism is is there's no there's no proof in front of your face that there's nothing okay so so what what i'm saying is is like I agree with your with your mentality that you can you don't have to worry that you don't have to uh, you can focus on the stuff that's important to you because literally the whole universe is is aiding you. You have nine million Rickies, some that know kung fu, coming to your aid here, you know. And so, like, it that's hard to believe. But the fact that there's anything in front of you at all is hard to believe. So that's what well, I'm Well, and it's also like at the, towards the end where Evelyn says like, 
I'm capable of anything because I'm so bad at everything. And I think that to me exemplifies of like, there's a million possibilities because for you, Ricky, in in your example, like. Because I'm bad at everything. Thanks, guys. No, 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 no. (laughs) What I'm trying, (laughs) no. What I'm saying is like, in a way you're a blank canvas because you don't have, you're not where you want to be. So you have Mm -hmm. this like blank canvas in front of you. So like all the possibilities are, everything's possible. You mm-hmm. just have to do it. And that, to me, that feels like maybe it's encouraging to take the risks because oh. you're capable at ev- of everything right now. Oh, I mean, oh yeah, I can, I can rose, I can rose colored glasses talk myself into doing it here on the podcast here, but we all know once this podcast goes off, I'm not going to send that script. Not today. <laughs> 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 but you know what I mean? I understand what you're saying, Seth, but at the same time, so this you get into, especially when you get into like multiverse and like this philosophy of this kind of thing of, of everything is, everything means everything and everything means nothing simultaneously, right? They're in equal parts. Like that's what you're saying. And so like the idea is it's not one more than the other. Everything means nothing. Everything means everything all at once. And, and I think for some, I think for some people, that's where existential crises come in, where people feel the weight of everything on top of them and they feel it's too much. It's, they're too small and everything is too big. That's that's what an existential crisis is. And so I think sometimes it's it's like, look, you can't you you can't control and you can't put all that on your shoulders because it is just too much. It is too vast. It is infinitely vast. It is crazy to put all that stuff on you. Yep. It does all matter, but also at the same time, because it all matters, it also does not. Right. It's because it's too big to matter to the to the individual. But, but and I have oh. no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I have a quote here. This is a Douglas Adams quote from uh, the Long Dark Tea Time of the Soul, but I think it's kind of relevant. Uh, the quote goes: "Always expecting this and expecting that. May I recommend serenity to you?" A life that is burdened with expectations is a heavy life. Its fruit is sorrow and disappointment. Learn to be one with the joy of the moment. Ah, so, joy. They were joy. talking about this movie. <laughs> well, I think it's like, to me, it's like find joy in the mundane. Find joy mm-hmm. in the little things. Find joy in the disappointments. And then maybe things don't, like things won't be as heavy and so burdensome to you, like to the general you, you know, like if you can find those little moments of joy in the little things and the little disappointments, you can find, I guess, happiness, I suppose. Mm. The meaning of life. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Like (laughs) that's, I mean, I, I guess, for referencing existential crises, like, like I wrote the book, man. Like I get it. I know. Like, <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> but but what what I mean is what I've learned is, and I was trying to say this to Sarah last night. Like we were having dinner. It was nice. Uh, recommend it, Lyra Nashville. Check it out. I was uh, say right. You recommend dinner. <laughs> I recommend. I recommend everybody have dinner at least once in their life. <laughs> And like Sarah and I are at a place where the pandemic's over. We're starting to like feel like we have to make decisions about our life. And, and I was like, I think we're doing it wrong. 
I think Sam, my brother-in-law, who's trying to figure out where to live right now, like buy a house, like, like I was like, I think we're all doing it wrong. And Sarah's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, the truth is, is like, life's going to be hard no matter what. Like, mm-hmm. like it's going to be difficult no matter what. So like, really, we should just fearlessly make a choice because it really, it's going to be okay. Like, it's going to be the same kind of regardless. So it all comes out in the wash. Yeah, it all comes out in the wash. So like, so wait, what, why are we stressing about it? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And really our lives are meant to be what they're meant to be. So you can either say like, I, I only care from a philosophical standpoint because like when you boil it down, you do have to make a choice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you do and you don't. Like you have to make a choice in that you can look at your life positively or you can look, you look at your life negatively. And like, mm-hmm. I've looked at my life negatively most of my life and I don't recommend it, you know? So I, like I'm actively trying to, to find a way to see things in a positive light logically. And that's, that's, that's difficult, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like it's difficult to logically come to a positive conclusion, but what's cool is I think this film and like the thesis that I have come up with from our film is that there is a logical way to get to positive existentialism, which is what the argument for this film is, is Mm -hmm. positive existentialism. Like everything is everything. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be nihilism. Mm -hmm. I get you. I get what you're saying. Uh, Yeah. Uh, It's, I think for me, it's, it's, it's just the, the like verbiage exactly, you know, just the exact yeah. way the words are going together. I think I'm having trouble exactly like feeling the same way, but I understand what you're saying intellectually. You know what I mean? Okay. Maybe, maybe a better way to say it is everything isn't everything. Everything is something. So that, like, I think that makes a little bit more sense. Yeah. So like, because there's anything, something has to be real. And, and you know what? And to your, to your, to your point, there is that moment where uh, Evelyn is kind of fighting her way to Joe to Joy as Joy is trying to like get into the the everything bagel uh, to uh, basically you know like we said uh, uh, end her existence. Um, Joy instead of fighting through violence decides to fight th- through love, and we see that she reaches into the different realities for these people and pulls the thing that connects to them, and it, it's something different for everybody, right? You're right. Like, everything is something somewhere to someone. Yeah. yeah. Right? Dude, that was a master class in improvisation. That whole scene was, like, improv to the max. It was so cool. Yeah, it was a pretty great scene. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys, so... What's really cool is each of these characters in this film has their own philosophy on how they move through life and their experiences. Who do you feel like you relate to as a as a your person? Which character do you feel like you related to the most? For me, it was Evelyn, for sure. Evelyn, why Evelyn? Yeah, I think. Well, I think I'm in a place in my life, like set set where. The pandemic's starting to feel over, and me and Seth have have allowed ourselves to kind of float Mm -hmm. in this place where we are and in our situation. And 
it's starting to feel like, okay, I can't float any, I can't float indefinitely. I have to decide, make a choice. And I definitely, I have ADHD myself diagnosed. And I also have like decision fatigue, which I think kind of goes hand in hand, but all the possibilities, I have so many possibilities and mm. options. It's, it's crippling. I mean, I'm literally like so overwhelmed with the options and like, I'm so privileged to have options, but like, it's so overwhelming that it makes me do nothing. Yeah. And so I am in currently in this cycle of like laundry and taxes and laundry and taxes. And I just did my taxes and then my dad's taxes yep. <laughs> or helped him do his taxes. And it's like, I'm literally in this cycle completely. And right now it also hits home where with the, my dad being here. Mm-hmm. My dad's in town and he's staying with us. So I am having to start step up as more of a caretaker role, mm-hmm. which is, it's very, uh, that also makes me relate to Evelyn in a very different way, in a more mm-hmm. direct, literal way. But yeah, it's, I definitely, I saw myself in Evelyn the whole time, which is weird because you'd, you'd think I would see myself in Joy or something else, but mm-hmm. no, it's Evelyn the who I, I was like, that's me. Mm-hmm. I'm her. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I think I'm at risk of falling into becoming Evelyn like 20 mm-hmm. years from now. And gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure I, I don't like, I gotta make sure I, I can find that like joy in the mundane and also mm-hmm. find that like excitement for myself so that I'm not in that rut. Mm-hmm. Analysis paralysis is a, definitely a real thing uh, when you just have so many decisions to make or, or so many options and you go and you analyze and you think about the pros and cons of each thing and all that does is muddy the waters sometimes oh yeah i mean i can't even go to a place to get a manicure my sister loves getting manicures and every time i've been with her i get paralyzed in this wall of color deciding one one nail polish because and it's something that's gonna that can come off the next day if i want to it's just Mm. like it's not permanent it's not a tattoo it's not like life altering decision, but I am paralyzed thinking like, should it be pink? Should it be blue? I don't know. And it's, I hate going to place to get my nails done because I can't make that choice. I feel the same way when I go to the cheesecake factory. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah, that's a tough, tough decision too. That's a joke, but, <laughs> but honestly it is true about like, if I go to like, for me, it's like when I go to sushi places. Like I love sushi and like I love trying different kinds of sushi. But like when I go to a new sushi place and I see the whole menu of all the different types of sushi they have, I – for a moment, it's really hard for me to choose what – because it's like, okay, I'm going to eat sushi, but I want to try all of this, but I can't. I have to choose. But what Unless if I'm you wrong? Know you can eat sushi. Like but the even then – yes, but even then though, you have to choose which ones you're going to eat at that time and then you have to like – Hope that you can make it through to try everything. And if you don't, you get penalized a lot. Oh, yeah. It's an art. You ha- you can't leave leftovers or they you charge you. You can't leave them, leftovers. So. It's an art, though. Oh, you can eat sushi. But I, like, it's like you're right. Like, I'm like, I want to try all these. But what if I'm wrong? What if I miss out on the best one? And and like, well, who knows when's the next time I'm going to come back to the sushi place? You never know. <laughs> Even though you can go back almost any time, you just don't know. Yeah, like it might be right around the corner. It doesn't mean you're going to go there again. 
For sure. I totally feel you, Sarah. What about you, Seth? Who do, what character do you feel like you you connected with the most? Oh, man. I don't know. That one's it's this is a hard one cuz it's so like I think there's all three of these main characters are easy to recognize yourself in in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I want to be like short round. Uh, mm-hmm. Like I think that I have pursued a life that is trying to use cookies as Kung Fu, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, and I would say that it makes me look silly a lot, you know, like people don't mm-hmm. take me seriously because of that. Um, but I think honestly, if I'm, really honest with myself, probably joy. Joy is who I mm-hmm. relate to the most. Um, just uh, the feeling of you have no control, even though that you are this entity that feels like you have infinite power sometimes to still not be able to have any control over anything and just feel like you're in a void alone. I mean, that's, you know, like, it's so amazing that we're able, we're born with these like minds that know what it's like to fly, mm. you know, in our dreams and stuff. And then not to be like, to not be able to do it in real life and to like, not actually to have an effect on your environment. Um, yeah. So it's like, I think I, I relate to Joy's sadness about mm. her existence, but I want to like, think from the perspective of, cause I, I think that's my, my favorite perspective is, is, uh, what's his name? What's his Wayman. name? Wayman's Wayman's perspective. I think he moves much healthier through the universe. Uh, yeah, joy. I think I, I definitely see what you're saying with joy. Cause joy kind of is like the crisis of faith type character. Yeah. You know, where they come to, they have a revelation of some sort that causes them the question, everything uh and it it usually brings them to a pretty dark place that somebody needs to help reach in and pull them out of which we actually see kind of literally see uh you know evelyn do like literally reach in and pull pull joy out of this darkness that she's created for herself pull joy Uh, from nothing yeah joy joy almost disappeared all joy yeah Almost disappeared. Um, For sure. I totally get that. I would say I connected to Wayman a lot in this idea of I think I – like you said, I I do move through the world with like a pretty big cheesy smile and a lot of upbeat positivity, at least outwardly (laughs) to others. Um, I said this to my roommate the other day where I was like I'm – because I think a lot of people would say – that I'm a super optimistic and positive person, but people that actually know me would probably say I'm pretty pessimistic. <laughs> um, and But what it really is more about is I'm optimistic for the prospect of others. Yeah. As in, I'm, I'm optimistic that you're going to turn out great. <laughs> things are going to go yeah. well for you. I, I'm po- I think things are going to go well for you. When it comes to me, it's the opposite. I, yeah. don't, I don't think so. But so like I kind of have that this like Waymond way of moving through the world where it is like very much like I'm putting positivity into others and 
trying to lighten things for people and trying to shoulder a you know an emotional burden like Wayman does for for Evelyn, even though she kind of just emotionally kicks the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I th- I feel like that a lot of times. I feel like I'm trying to give love and show love and care for for other people, and sometimes I feel like I just kind of get the shit kicked out of me for it, you know. And and um, for me, it is uh, Wayman's line of like, look, like you choose to move through the world and fight. Like you, you, you would look at yourself and you say you're a fighter. And that's how you fight. He's like, I just choose to fight in a different way, right? Yeah. And and he's but he acknowledges that like makes him it ma- does make him a target. You know, it makes him something for somebody to to throw blame on to 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 kind of beat up a little bit um and 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 look down on because somebody moves through the world in this way and so i think i totally relate to this idea of like i'm just trying to like put love into the, the the lives of my loved ones and sometimes that just causes you to to get pain in return you know and it's not always earned but it's a that's a tough way to move through the world like you said like People people don't always respond in kind to that kind of thing, uh, and it's pretty tough. So I, I definitely connected with his, that character. She even like stabs him at one point when he's trying to help her and tr- and show her love and care. She stabs him <laughs> with a with a glass. Because I mean, I think the reason it's so difficult is because people don't people succumb to the nihilist side, right? Mm-hmm. And so like, it's hard to believe that somebody can main positivity can 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 keep being positive in a world that's so negative you know mm-hmm. and so it's like it doesn't feel it doesn't feel real it doesn't feel right like you're it does feel like maybe somebody's putting on airs a little bit at that point it's like how can you be happy how can you be positive when there's all this other stuff how can you be happy or or not even be happy cuz i don't even know if Wayman's ha- Wayman obviously isn't happy I think that's that's something that is to distinct from Wayman. Wayman is not happy. He's miserable to the point where he wants to divorce the person that he very clearly loves very deeply uh, and, and completely. So it's it's interesting that he's gotten to the point in his life where he's just so feels so beaten up and so miserable that he, that he feels like he's putting in so much and getting out so little that he's well, even the- kind. Even the divorce papers are not an actual attempt at No, no, he doesn't actually want to do it. He just yeah. has them. He's like, maybe <laughs> if I try this, she'll get it, you know? Like, maybe mm-hmm. she'll wake us up and it'll fix the problem. Right, it's not even a real... He doesn't really... That's the, I think that's the, the interesting thing about Wayman is he doesn't even really want to get divorced. Like, not really, because as soon as she signs it, you can see that he's very upset yeah. by it. Like, he did not want that to be the outcome. And so, like it, it, it hurt him for sure. And I think when you move through the world that way, it definitely opens you up to being, to being hurt more. Um, yeah, which is tough. To um, add to all of that, I wrote down, and I don't know if this was a quote direct from the movie. I don't remember anymore. I didn't make difference between my own notes and the quotes, but I wrote, "Kindness is not naive," and I think it's important to add because you are very kind, Ricky. For example, and like. I don't think you're naive. I think mm. you're just very kind to other people. And I think that's an amazing quality, which like 
is also represented in the film, but it's, it's like, I think people can perceive him as being naive. Mm -hmm. I do. There's something to that effect in the movie of like, like, you think because I'm nice that I'm weak or something like that. You know, it's, it's something to that effect where I think that it is true. I think people look at nice people as as being less than or weak. Like they're not ruthless. They can't accomplish as much because they're nice. But it takes um, a lot more strength. Yeah. It takes a lot more strength to be able to maintain that positivity. You know, I agree. It takes a lot of a lot of strength and patience and and like, uh, I guess, a uh, grace as maybe Seth would say to, to be kind to people even in any circumstance, even when they're not being kind to you, even mm. when like they're stabbing you in this, literally stabbing you in the stomach. Mm. So that was such an interesting yeah. moment for me when she stabs him. And, and yet he still is like, no, don't kill her. <laughs> I love her so much as her, as a shard of glass is in his abdomen. <laughs> yeah. it, that says a lot about him, but it is just so it is very interesting. Seth, I know you like this game, the game of like who 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 would you like to label us as these characters? I think you guys nailed it. I mean, I, I don't think there's uh, I don't think you're incorrect in your your choices. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I do have a question to pose. Oh, philosophical please. Question for both of you. Please pose it. All right. So me and Seth are in a relationship. Oh, what if me, Sarah from this, what Conflict if me, of Sarah, interest. From this universe were to go to a different universe and kissed Seth there? <gasps> Is that cheating? Hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Let me think. A different set. I actually say. I actually say, it depends on <laughs> on the universe because we see we see if we're using the, this film as like a as like the baseline, we see Evelyn in different universes, different realities where she's still with Wayman, uh, or you know. But we also see some that she's not. We see some that she's with other people romantically, and so in a way. I think if you, you were to kiss another Seth that was with another Sarah, no. But if you were with another Seth that was with somebody else, then yes. Because well, then that like, is a That a, a does different... happen at the beginning of the film. Mm-hmm. Evelyn kisses this exciting uh, – what's his name again? Wayne? Wayne? Wayman. 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 Yeah, she kisses the, kisses the Alphaverse Wayman. Wayman. Yeah. Who's like adventurous looking and and not he's not stuck in this rut with her, and I she's like, "Ooh, I want to kiss you." I think it's cheating. <laughs> <laughs> you would. You're biased. <laughs> Why? Why do you well, that think it's cheating? I can't kiss Seth from another multiverse. You're, you're not allowed to kiss Seth. You know. Any Seths. No more kissing Seths. <laughs> you're not allowed to kiss. Patagonia hiker Seth who <laughs> has a very well who dropped life. everything or, did you or do that Seth when you were in Argentina did you drop everything <laughs> what did well, you do well he was talking about dropping everything and doing the PCT the Pacific Crest Trail or the Appalachian yeah. Trail we so had, we're, we're trying to decide what we want to do next and I was like well we could go hike PCT or the Appalachian Trail, 
and like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I love that I'm not allowed to go kiss the one with the really well trained Annabelle. <laughs> like, what's that about? Like, <laughs> that's really, the one I want to kiss. All Sarah really wants is somebody with a well trained dog. <laughs> you can be that eventually. It's true. It's true. We're I working don't... towards it. <laughs> I guess from difficult. So you Seth's <laughs> philosophy in this is, is both cheating and not cheating. Yes. Cosmically. All at once. All at once. is cheating and not <laughs> cheating because there is a connection. Like you said, there is a connection between the you and the you and the you and the you. And there is a connection between the Sarah, the Sarah, the Sarah, yeah. the Sarah. So in a way, you're all linked anyway. So yes and no. Yeah. Uh, I Honestly, I think it comes down to wh- how you feel about it. Like would if you did it, would you feel like oh, you were and cheating how- on Seth? And how the OG said. And how the partner feels. Right. You don't want to take away how the yeah. partner feels. Yeah. 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 But so well, Seth says it's cheating. Yep. Clearly the original Seth would not be okay with it. Well, so. who says he's the original? That's true. So I guess I can't go kissing rock Seth. It's, it's strange. Or it's it's ironic. Sausage when, Seth. It's ironic when, <laughs> when this is coming to fruition for me, this, this film and like these thoughts. Is like for the first time in my life, I'm working with someone who has my name. So it's the weirdest. It's like it's never. There's another Seth at work. There's another Seth at work, and so like things are like falling as they will to figure out who is going to be called Seth. Like so, it's I'm putting on like we have to like order our food via a ticket, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm putting OG Seth on. (laughs) Well, were you hired first? Yes, yes. Then yes. Yes. That's you. You are OG Seth. I am OG Seth. Yeah. Nice. Awesome. Guys, great conversation. I think we we explored a lot of different areas of this movie and what it means to us and what it made us uh, reflect on uh, in our lives in a lot of different aspects. I I really enjoyed this conversation. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on uh, and joining us. You definitely have to come on and join us again soon. Yes. So – so think about yeah. you know what you might want to come on and join us again with because uh, it was great having you for sure. Love actually. Oh, I love love <laughs> actually. I actually love or, love or actually. any rom com to to make Seth, to make Seth. I have lo- to watch it with me. I love rom coms so yeah. The, honestly, this is too. this is a sneaky way of making him watch whatever you want him to watch. <laughs> like something that he yeah. refuses to watch. Hey, I'm going to be on your on your podcast. We're going to watch this movie that you refuse to watch with me. <laughs> well, I asked him to do George of the Jungle, which I was like desperate to watch. And I loved that movie. It was my favorite movie. We had, up, we had fun talking or about George of, of the Jungle. George oh, just yeah. lucky, I so, guess. <laughs> I haven't heard that one yet. Uh, I'm, a, as you might know, I'm your number one fan. So I'm I don't really know. I don't know. My, 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 <laughs> my sister's fiance, Dakin might have something to say about that. Oh, wow. We got two fans. He, he he texts me every every Friday is like what what's going to be the next one what's going to be the next one when I was home for Easter he was like he, he was like what are you, what are you guys doing this week what what's the next movie you guys are going to do so he's he's pretty into it so shout out Dakin thanks Dakin cool. <laughs> so we'll have to have Sarah and Dakin do some kind of like battle royale yeah competition <laughs> uh, 
I sometimes leave leave a couple weeks so that they accumulate. So that that's fair. Like yeah, you got to be. They, it's got to be bingeable. So, it's got to be bingeable. So maybe maybe he is the bigger fan because he is on it every week by week. He's a he's a Who he's knows? a couple of weeks behind. He he admits he's a couple of weeks behind, but he's pretty up to date. He's at least been through. I think he stopped at Swiss Army Man because that's one that he hasn't seen, of course. <laughs> but oh, well, that's I'm, okay. I'm ahead of him, so I'm the bigger fan. You're the bigger I, fan. I stopped at uh, uh, as good as it gets. Oh wow! Throw the gauntlet's been thrown down, Dakin. I'm gonna have to text him right now and tell him that you're that you're challenging <laughs> his status uh, for sure. But yes, absolutely, you're gonna have to come on be our first second guest that we've ever had. Two-time guest. Um, I love that. I really enjoy yes, please. Uh, uh, listening and now being in it. Awesome. So, Seth, it's time to decide what's next. What is next? So, it is my turn to choose. Yes. Uh, so, I... Actually, no. Pain and Gain was mine, so it's actually your turn. Okay, good to know. My I bad. Because a... our guest chose this one. Yes, yes. Um, so, I do have... I had, I had a, I think after this film, we should do something a little wacky. You okay? You saying this film wasn't wacky? I mean, I guess it was wacky. <laughs> Are you saying George's the Jungle wasn't wacky? I guess it. I guess. I guess it was wacky. I guess we're we're on a a, a wacky streak. We're getting wacky uh, here on what's it about? I, I saw this movie playing the other night at a bar, and I was like. We have to do this film. Okay. And so uh, we're going to watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Okay. Who Framed <laughs> Roger Rabbit. All right. That's a good one. That is a, I love a that classic. Uh, let's tell the people where they can find Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, Who Framed Disney Roger Plus, Rabbit. Probably. Can, can, you can watch it on Disney Plus, Amazon Prime Video, Apple TV, Vudu. Uh, and Redbox, if you can find it. Uh, awesome. So, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is the film that we are going to be watching next time. So, for all of you at home watching along with us, uh, we are going to be watching 1988's Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, so, please watch along. Let us know what you guys think. And uh, please share your ideas about what films you guys might want us to uh, check out next uh, in future episodes. We're definitely always keeping an eye out for recommendations. Uh, so, please do so if you so choose. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for being on the show. Do you want to shout yourself out? What do you got going on? Well, I do have something, but not. it's not fully set up. It's um, I've been starting a little earring business and jewelry business uh, very cool called flicka fiddle like flick kind of yeah a fiddle but a fiddle. um yeah named after my cat flicka flicka uh, the nicest she cat. was here earlier being a, a crazy cat having crazy hour but yeah <laughs> um i'm i'm on instagram but there's nothing there yet but Hopefully in well, the next you know, month or so there would be. So yeah, well you know what? Give but you know go ahead and shout yourself out so people can check in and see when that is up and running. And then hopefully we'll have five to six people maybe check out your Instagram <laughs> 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 right away. Yeah, and I can make a, uh, commissions and all the whole thing. So hell yeah, yeah. 
Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. I can't wait to see uh, the amazing work that you do. Seth, Seth, go ahead and shout yourself out. Yeah. Um, so you can follow me on Twitter at the birdie word. Um, or you can check out my other podcast called The Crowcast. That's the and then Crowcast, one word, C-R-O-W-E-C-A-S-T, either on Apple Music or Spotify. And yeah, that's uh, that's what that's what we got. Awesome. And I am Ricardo Blade Diaz. You can find me at Ricardo Blade Diaz on Instagram and TikTok, uh, where I post uh, funny like parody videos and comedy sketches. But you can also find both me and Seth on our D&D podcast and stream, which is Character Player. You can find us at Character Player on TikTok, at Character Player on Instagram, and uh, at Character Play on Twitter. Who, but who knows if Twitter is going to be around for very long now that Elon Musk has bought it. So who knows what that's going to turn into. <laughs> you can also find us on YouTube where we uh, post uh, all kinds of uh, role play RPG tutorials and tips and tricks uh, as well as our live streamed episodes. So please check it out at Character Player on uh, YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Uh, otherwise, thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Thank you so much, Sarah and Seth. We will see you on the What's It About Film podcast again very soon. See you later, everybody. Adios. Bye.